You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. This week we have a guest speaker, Pastor Connor Barnes. I'm excited for the word that we're about to get into. Anybody else excited? Yeah. We're going to dive in and we're going to grow together. I wanted to, uh, to pray to open up, but we kind of already took care of that. So let's just go ahead and, and dive in. Uh, today what we're going to talk about is wisdom. Wisdom. What is wisdom? I'm going to start with this definition that I found by Oxford Languages. If you've never heard of that, it's Google. Google. Here's wisdom, okay? It is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. Which, by the way, I love when dictionaries do that, right? What is wisdom? The quality of being wise. Okay, thanks. What's, what's being wise? It's the quality of having wisdom. Okay, great. Thank you. But what I want you guys to know is wisdom isn't just a quality. It's not just a term, definition, Wisdom is a being. Wisdom is an actual person. And to help us understand that a little bit more, check out this scripture. This is Proverbs 8. This is what uh, wisdom says about herself. If you guys can, would would y'all mind standing with me as we read this scripture together? Wisdom testifying about herself says this. The Lord made me at the beginning of his creation. Before his works of long ago, I was formed before ancient times. From the beginning, before the earth began, I was born when there were no watery depths and no springs filled with water. I was delivered before the mountains and hills were established, before he made the land, the fields, the first soil on earth, I was there when he established the heavens, when he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, when he placed the skies above, when the fountains of the ocean gushed out, when he set a limit for the sea so that the waters would not violate his command, when he laid out the foundations of the earth, I was a skilled craftsman beside him. I was his delight every day always rejoicing before him. I was rejoicing in his inhabited world, delighting in the human race. I love that last part. That ought to remind you of what God thinks about you. All-knowing wisdom, delighting in you, delights in the human race. So we see that wisdom isn't just a quality. Wisdom is a person and a being and has been with God since the beginning before creation. You guys can be seated now. Thank you. Most people, when they think of wisdom, you have this idea in your head that it has to be, let's just, let's just be honest, like an older person or to be a little nicer, more seasoned, experienced. Maybe you got to have a, a long beard like, like my guy over here. I'm going mentioned. Or you got to have some gray hairs as a qualifier. But I want you guys to know wisdom does not just come with age. Wisdom is available to anyone who is willing to ask for it and pursue it. 
Wisdom is available to everyone, no matter what age, who is willing to ask for and pursue it. And we're going to see that more as we dive in deeper into this message. God's wisdom, capital W, remember, is given to many people. Actually, I would argue every person in the Bible. But there's one person who stands out above the rest when it comes to the topic of wisdom. Anybody know who I'm about to say? There you go. There you go. Solomon. Who was Solomon? We've been talking about King David a lot recently. Solomon was King David's son. He became king of Israel after his father David. And really, I want to let the scripture do the rest of the explaining here. Uh, but we're going to read in 1 Kings. This is um, after David had passed away and Solomon became king of Israel. Let's see what it says. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, this is awesome, ask, what should I give you? That's a loaded question. What would you ask for? <laughs> Solomon replied, you have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness, and integrity. That is a whole other sermon in itself. How to walk with God. Anyway, let's keep going. Solomon says, You have continued this great and faithful love for him by giving him a son, me, to sit on his throne as it is today. Lord my God, you have now made your servant, me, king in my father David's place. And I want you guys to really pay attention to this. Yet, I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people you have chosen, a people too numerous and too numbered to be counted. Basically, he's just saying, it's overwhelming. I'm in over my head. I have no idea what I'm doing. But let's keep going. So give your servant an obedient heart to judge your people and discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now check this out. Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. And I want to point out that other translations where it says this, says wisdom. So it's talking about wisdom here. And God said to him, Because you have requested this wisdom and did not ask for a long life or riches for yourself, or the death of your enemies, but you asked for discernment for yourself to understand justice, I will therefore do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has never been anyone like you before and never will be again. In addition, this is awesome. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that no man in any kingdom will be your equal during your entire life. If, remember there's always an if, there's always a responsibility. <laughs> if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commands, just as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Wow. <laughs> Apparently Solomon asked for the right thing. And, but what really, really, really stirs my heart up the most about this passage is that what Solomon asked for pleased God. Pleased God. 
I want my prayers and requests to please God. Anybody else? Like what, when, when I pray and when I ask for things, I just want God going up there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, I am so proud that you asked that. Pray it again. That is what really, really stirred up my heart the most about it. But the thing is, because Solomon requested this, God blessed him with what he didn't even ask for. God made Solomon one of the most wealthiest men on the earth, but made him the wisest man ever. And what's really great about that is that Solomon wrote a book for us. This book was called Proverbs. And actually, he wrote a lot of books in the Bible. But the one we're going to be spending the most time in today is Proverbs. What is a proverb? Proverb is a short saying in general use, stating a general truth or piece of advice. The Hebrew meaning of the word proverb literally translates practical wisdom. So it's a book about short sayings with practical wisdom. What does Proverbs have to say about wisdom? How do we get wisdom? What does it look like to pursue wisdom? We know wisdom is a person, but what all does it say? From the very beginning of this book, in the opening chapters, we see that wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is far above everything else. Look what Solomon says here. Proverbs 4, 7, Solomon writes, Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. This is coming from the guy who received all his wisdom from God, so he knows. Whatever else you get, get understanding. All right, so we should get wisdom. Perfect. How do we get it? What do we do? <laughs> well, again, it's a great thing he wrote a whole book about it. Let's move on to Proverbs chapter 2. This is the main passage that I want to speak on today. This is where we'll be spending the most time. So, if you can, read along with me. Proverbs 2, 1 through 6 here. This is how we get wisdom. This is how we pursue it. My son... If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So what do we do to get wisdom? There's our part, and there's God's part. What we're going to talk about now is our part. How do we get it? Solomon just gave us five steps, five actions right there. Did y'all catch them? The five steps we got to take, five actions, are this. Accept, listen, direct, Call and lift, seek and search. So this first action, accept. Before we can do anything, we got to accept it. Step one. You guys ever tried to get on a website and what's the first thing that pops up? You got to accept the cookies, right? 
Not the good kind, unfortunately. Or you try to download an app and you gotta accept the terms and conditions. Well, I guess for that to be uh, applicable, you guys would have to actually read the terms and conditions. But y'all read the terms and conditions, right? Before you click accept. You guys all that, don't lie. You know, you know you're in church right now. <laughs> but what Solomon is saying is, we have to be completely accepting to the words of God and understand that they are the truth. They are right. Let's read this. Again, this is more in Proverbs. This is what wisdom says about itself, and I love this. Listen, for I speak of noble things. What my lips say is right. For my mouth tells the truth. Wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. All of them are clear to the perspective perceptive, I'm sorry, and write to those who discover knowledge. Circle this. Accept my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and nothing desirable can compare with it. We have to accept that God's way is the only right way, and is the truth. But not only that, the passage also said, that we have to store up his commands within us. It's not just enough to just read, you know, a scripture a day or just read the Bible and set it aside and move on to other things. What he's saying here is we got to store up his commands, meditate on them and keep piling them up to access time and time again. You guys ever seen that show American Pickers, some of those crazy people who have just stuff piled up all in their house? That's what your heart should look like. With God's commands. Solomon is saying you have to accept his words as truth. And not only that, you got to pile up his commands and words within you. So that was the first action. Accept. Step one. Accept. The second one was listen. In the passage said listening closely to wisdom. Closely. I know some of you guys out there are fantastic listeners. More power to you, because then you got people like me. Here's what I do, right? I'll be talking to somebody, and I'm sorry if I've done this to you. This is my apology. And you tell me your name, I meet you for the first time, and then five seconds later, I forgot your name. That happened to anybody else? Yeah, those are my people. Thank you. What I have found is going on here is that in that moment, when that person is telling me their name, I'm so worried about what I'm going to say next. And because of that, I completely miss what they're saying right there in front of me. And what Solomon is saying is we have to listen, not just listen, but listen closely and pay attention. And so here's the root of it. In that moment that I just mentioned, that example, what we're doing is taking the focus off of the person who is speaking to us and we're putting the focus on ourselves. And just like we should put the focus on the person who is speaking and give them our full attention, so we should give God our full attention and listen closely when we read his word. That's how we listen closely. We make space for him, get in his presence, read his word, and we listen. Take time to listen. Not for our benefit, 
not with the focus on us, but with on, on God and his truth and what he is saying. So we have the two actions so far, accept and listen. And the third one, direct. This one is a little more straightforward. Directing our heart to understanding. The action is direct, but to me the emphasis really is on what we're directing, and that's our heart. Directing our heart to understanding. Take a moment and think what does your heart desire? What directions does your heart pull you in? Think about that for just a second. When you think about things of God, do you want more? Do you feel a hunger for more? Do you feel like you're being pulled closer and closer to God? Or do you keep things between you and God at kind of a surface level and then set your heart on other things? What Solomon is saying here, directing our heart, is that we have to purposefully take our heart off of the paths of things that ultimately aren't worth as much, meaningless, and intentionally direct our heart towards understanding and knowing God. That's what we have to do. So step one is accept. We got to listen, but not just listen, listen closely. We got to direct our hearts intentionally to understanding. And then the next one, call and lift. Call and lift. The passage said, if you call out to insight and direct your voice, or I'm sorry, lift your voice to understanding. This one is a little bit more abstract, but here's what's going on. Calling out to insight. When you call, when you don't know what to do, say you're stuck in a situation and you have tried, looked inside yourself, tried to find the answer, tried to figure out what to do. You don't know what to do yourself, so you reach out to somebody outside of yourself. You call a friend, a parent, you know, um, for example, I'm going to pick on my wife a little bit. When we, I feel like you guys could probably relate anyway. I know I could relate. When we first got married and uh, we ever came across something where she didn't know what to do, you know who she called or what her, uh, what her instinct was? Yep, yep. Call the mom, call the dad, call her parent. Even though we, we were married, she still had to call them, right? But that's because that was her instinct. Where does she turn when she doesn't know what to do? When she doesn't know how to do it herself? You gotta call something outside of yourself. That's what Solomon is saying, calling out to insight. But what is insight? Okay, there's a definition about insight. I'm all about definitions. It's fantastic, thank you. But insight is the power or act of seeing into a situation. Pretty self-explanatory. The power or act of seeing into sight, seeing into a situation. Another way that I like to look at it is insight is the channel to wisdom. Just like we call to somebody outside of ourselves, a friend or a parent, when we don't know what to do when we're at our wit's end and we have no idea. 
so we should also call out to God for insight. What does that look like? We pray to God. We ask him to help us understand, to give us insight into the situation and give us eyes to see. Eyes to see. Insight. Once he gives us the eyes to see, then we can do the last one, which is seek and search. Seek and search. The passage said, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure. Obviously, Solomon is using the analogy of money, but there's two different things going on. First one, seek it like silver. How do you seek your money? You work for it, right? Unless you rob banks, in which case I would say, I'm glad you're in church today. We'll open up the altar again in a little bit. (laughs) If you seek it like silver, think about the things that you do to get your money. You work for it. You sacrifice your time, your sleep. You sacrifice money to get money because you have to pay for gas. Lord knows, especially today. But... What he's saying here is you got to seek wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God, just like you would seek your money, just like you would sacrifice your time and sleep and all this stuff. But also, search for it like hidden treasure. Imagine this. Imagine somebody buries a million dollars on your land somewhere. You have no idea where, you just know. That would be awesome, right? But think about the extent the measures you would go through until you found that or what you would do. You'd probably, and I'm not encouraging this, you would probably call out of work for a few days. Uh, You probably wouldn't sleep if you still hadn't found it. You'd probably be going all through the night trying to find it. You probably wouldn't be worried about eating. You know, you'd probably have to get tools to, to find it, a shovel or whatever. Just think about the extent you would go to to find it. And the awesome thing about this theme is not only do we see it with Solomon in the Old Testament, but Jesus also taught with this theme too. He had a parable that said the kingdom of heaven was like this. It was like a man who found out that there was hidden treasure on another man's land. And that man had no idea. But he couldn't afford to buy the land So what he did so that he could get access was he sold everything that he had, all of his possessions. He went all in so he could go purchase that land and find the hidden treasure. And that's what Solomon is saying. That's how we should pursue the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of God. Just like that. All right. So there are the five actions that we just broke down from that passage. And Solomon says this. Once we do that, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. All right, so we got our part. We got that figured out. But remember, it also said that there was God's part too. The very next verse, look at this. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Remember, God was pleased that Solomon had requested wisdom. James said this, 
in the New Testament. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should, what? Ask. Ask God, who gives to all generously and without criticizing. I'm going to pause there for just a quick second. Our God is generous. Amen. Amen. He is a generous God, and that's why we are generous. And he does not criticize. Solomon was fully transparent. He said, I'm just a kid. I have no idea what I'm doing. Please give me understanding. And God didn't judge him. He didn't criticize him. He was pleased that I will tell you something about our God. So there's our responsibility, and then there's God's, I'm going to say grace. God's grace. Not his part, not his responsibility. It's his grace. Because he doesn't have to give us anything, right? But that's the beauty of grace. God gives us what we don't deserve. So then, now you might be thinking to yourself, okay, so if God will give me wisdom, if I ask, then what's the point of doing all those actions and steps that we just talked about that Solomon said? I'd just say, think of it like this. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. But that didn't stop Solomon from continuing to grow and continuously pursuing the wisdom and understanding of God. In the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and all of that is evidence of his constant pursuit. Because it's about that daily walk. It's about that pursuit. It's about chasing after God, seeking him. It's about your heart and the relationship. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and me and Randall were just talking about it this morning, was that God rewards those who seek him. It's Hebrews 11, I think you were saying. It's not a fruitless pursuit. This is not a fruitless pursuit. God rewards those who seek him. It's a promise. And that's what it's about. The relationship and the pursuit of wisdom is this. It's a continuous process where our obedience is met with God's grace, where he gives us more each day. The pursuit of wisdom is a continuous process where our obedience is met with God's grace, giving us more and more every day. So we go from the Old Testament back with Solomon before Jesus and fast forward to the New Testament after Jesus has already been resurrected and ascended back to heaven. Paul says this to the church in Ephesus, to those who believed in Jesus. He said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints? That's us. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength? Let's pray. 
God, thank you for all these beautiful men and women here. Thank you for everybody tuning in online. God, right now, I just pray this over us, God. I pray and ask, would you give us a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you, God. May the perception of our minds be enlightened so that we can know the hope of your calling, your glorious riches of your inheritance among us. Help us to understand your immeasurable greatness and power to us who believe. If you're here today, and uh, whether you've been a Christian for years or you're still not really sure, you're still trying to figure it out, I just want to make space for you right now. I just want to make space. If you haven't fully surrendered your life over to God, I just want you to know that it is no accident that you were here today. It's no mistake. Whether you're in here or you're watching online right now, or if you're listening back a few days or years from now, it is no accident. God rewards those who seek Him, and it's not a fruitless pursuit. He says, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, because we're not supposed to carry it all ourselves. As we just saw with Solomon, we don't have to have it all figured out to come to you, to get wisdom and help from you. And so right now, I just, I just want to give you the space. Raise your hands, pray in your heart, whatever. Say this prayer. God, I am uh, I'm sorry for thinking that I could just do it all on my own. I admit that I can't. God, I ask that you would help me to understand. Give me wisdom. You know, I, I'm still not quite sure about this whole thing. I don't really know. But like the man said in the Bible, I believe, help my unbelief, help my unbelief. Reveal yourself to me, God. I confess that I can't do it all on my own. I understand that now. I want you to take over and take control. Have your way in me. Whatever that looks like, I don't know, but I know you'll have me. I confess, Jesus, that you paid the price for me. You paid the debt, you paid my debt off for my sin by sacrificing your own life for me. But that you were also raised to life. You were raised back to life. And I know that because of that, I will too. So I surrender my life over to you. I trust in you. I live in you, God. And please just help me. Take my hand and walk with me. Walk me through each day. 
Lord, you, you said <laughs> that the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a teeny tiny mustard seed that was planted. And before you knew it, it was a gigantic tree. I ask that you would do that inside me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at iamcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.